Welcome to SheCast, She's Very Own Podcast. This series of SheCast will explore everything from trends in the digital world to advise on how we can play to your strengths and overcome personal and work challenges. We're featuring some amazing industry guests who will also be sharing their experiences within their field. Alongside me, I'm Rachel, the Chief Operations Officer at SHU, and there will be Chris, our Chief Vision Officer, and also our guest hosts from the SHU Academy, and these include Annie, Katie, and Sabrina. We hope you enjoy our series this autumn. Thank you. So thank you, Chris, for joining us today on, on the Shoecast. Um, we'll, we'll get stuck in. So I met Chris Allen probably, I want to say, around seven years ago, Breakfast Networking Group in Bradford called BCB. So I suppose those listening who are looking for an opportunity to build their networking relationships, that's a good group to start. Um, I suppose what, one of the key things that stood out to me from Blacks was their use of social media to really break down the barriers and perceptions of what you think of a solicitor and how they you know, they can be a bit almost perception of unapproachable and hard to talk to and because then I completely having known Chris and know the people in the, the professional service world they're not like that at all and, and I suppose today's topic is all about how social media has been used as a tool to break down barriers future proof the business attract talent and using things using tools available online to to position the business in a different way so I suppose would you like to give us a quick introduction Chris is your 60 seconds. Well, it's very kind. I was going to say seven years. It seems longer, Chris. Um, but uh, yeah, well, hello, everybody. Yeah, my name's Chris Allen. I'm the managing partner of Black Solicitors. We are in the city of, based in the city of Leeds, where we are perceived as a medium sized business. We turn over approximately 14 million pounds. We employ 180 people. Um, Leeds, as you know, is a, a very competitive legal market. And therefore, uh, I've always had one eye on what can we do to stand apart from competition. And the reason that Chris and I have got to know each other really is, I suppose, you you know, we met at that meeting, but that use of social media is something that goes back probably 12 years, I think, actually, Chris. Uh, going back to when I saw a chap give a speech uh, about using Twitter, uh, which I guess was probably about 18 months old then, if I've got my timeline right. And I saw this chap give a speech and I just, at the end of it, I just thought, hang on a minute, worldwide instantaneous free marketing tool that any idiot can use. And uh, <laughs> as long as I don't use it when I've had a drink or and I don't put anything offensive, then surely, surely I could use that to my advantage. And, and the truth is, Chris... I think for a period of two or three years, I not, didn't have a total monopoly on it, but I don't think there were many law firms using it. Uh, Twitter was a different creature in those days. You could only post short messages. Obviously, over time, you've got photographs and over time, you've got videos. So um, certainly Twitter was very useful. Facebook, we haven't, uh, haven't used as a business tool, interestingly, uh, but we've used other social media uh, Obviously, we all use WhatsApp, if you if you count that as a, as a social media uh, tool. And uh, we also use Periscope, which I think you might have mentioned, which is the was the really the first live broadcasting app, which was remarkable that you could stand in your office and have a live audience, a bit like having your own TV show, um, which we which we thoroughly enjoyed, and uh, which I give you full credit, Chris and Rachel, for uh, telling me about. So. Uh, 
Yeah, I remember that. I remember that, that session was yesterday. I think that was back in 2015, if memory serves me correctly. So a good yeah. while ago now. So that was a good, good conversation. Um, yeah, it's interesting how you've really embraced social media as that tool for business. So what was that kind of turning point? You mentioned that maybe 12 years ago you, you went to a seminar or webinar or whatever it was to, to, to learn about Twitter and you saw the opportunity. You obviously went away and started doing that with Twitter. What was that kind of thought? Well, actually, what, what was that ticking point where you thought, well, you know what, this is here to stay. This is actually really useful for blacks. It, well, it was exactly that, Chris. It was, to be fair, it was it was going to see that chap do the speech. And that wasn't a two-minute speech. It was a two-and-a-half-hour session. That was also backed up then by one of my clients saying to me, you should use Twitter. You'd really like it. Um, and interestingly, at that point, I don't think many people would agree now, but um, at the time, he said there's some really interesting discussions going on there about uh, different topics. Um, and it was that that really made me, and, and I suppose that point you just said, Chris, of this isn't going to go away. And, and, and on the basis that it was instantaneous, how could anything ever be quicker? Now, it is interesting, actually, 12 years on, that, of course, other areas of social media have become almost more popular. Instagram, uh, you know, heading in that direction, the use of WhatsApp, uh, the use of video on Loom, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so, you know, nothing stands still. But at that point in time, I thought, I can't see that this is going to get overtaken by something else in the next three months. So on that basis, I'm going to invest a bit of time and effort. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, yeah, so the evolution, I mean, you mentioned a word I've written down here from a conversation you mentioned when you're you talking there was evolution, the evolution of social media. I suppose that's given the rise to things like Clubhouse. Have you, have you had a go Clubhouse? What do you think of that as a tool? No, un unless you tell me that's a nightclub in Leeds. I've never been to No, no idea what you're on about. <laughs> Which is a joy. I suppose that's exactly what you want to hear, Chris, though, isn't it? No, no. to hear that, um, you know, people don't know about certain things because that's how you educate. I mean, if you go back to that Periscope conversation you and I had in Rachel with Rachel, I can honestly tell you, for the entire weekend, I couldn't stop thinking about it. I couldn't stop thinking about the opportunities, how we as a business could use live broadcasting as a tool. And uh, and that's why we then went and used it. Yeah, so I suppose, for those that don't know, Periscope has seen being used and subsequently kind of disappeared into the ether. Um, yeah, it sort of, it sort of got... Um, uh, I mean, I stopped using it, not because I didn't like it, but I, I sensed wrongly I might add, that Facebook Live was going to blow it out of the water. Actually, what's happened is I don't think either of them have kicked on any further because I think people are genuinely afraid of live broadcasting. I think everybody likes putting reels up and little videos up, but they've probably done three or four takes. Um, you know, particularly some of the stuff you say now, uh, probably half a dozen takes. So, you know, I think, I think live... It's a bit like going on the radio now. We go on the radio a lot, you know, BBC Radio Leeds, etc. And, you know, I meet so many lawyers who tell me that they couldn't dare do it, you know. And it's the fear of the unknown, isn't it? The fear of messing up, really. Which is which is quite, I'm speaking off the top of my head, but it's quite bizarre because some of these professional people who are lawyers, solicitors, used to presenting, pitching, boardroom meetings, even going to court, quite intimidating environments for a lot of people. We yeah, put them in front of a camera, and it's almost like, I wonder where that comes from. 
Well, it comes from the fact that I think everybody's uh, self-confidence is way for thin, actually. Mm. And nobody point. likes to be made a fool of. And if you've had a, a career that's run quite nicely for 20 years, you, you, you're terrified you're going to be the fool on the telly. The truth yeah. is, actually, if you go on the radio or you go on the television, nobody remembers a word you ever says. They just remember you were on it. Yeah, uh, I can tell you that from, from my Look North appearances. Nobody ever remembers a word I've said. No, I can remember you sat there in your, in your black uniform, you tie. I remember that one. That's right. Always on yeah. brand. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a really good point. So branding. So with, with branding, how have you kind of used social then as a tool to, to represent brands? Okay, so, so if you go stuff. back to when I became managing partner, I wanted to raise the profile of, of the firm because we're in a competitive market. There's lots and lots, you know, uh, to some degree, it's good and to some degree, it's sad. There's lots and lots of good law firms in Leeds. So I can't just rely on the fact we're the greatest and that will bring loads of work in. You know, the truth is it's a very competitive market. Uh, you know, the law schools are situated in Leeds. They're, they're, there's, there's lots and lots of people getting into the legal, legal profession. So I wanted us to stand out a little bit. So there was a couple of points to that. So we've got distinctive black and yellow branding. Um, we, we have the sports law department, which everybody, you know, picks up on, the music law, et cetera, et cetera. So we do certain other areas above and beyond all the usual stuff that people would expect, corporate, commercial property, litigation, employment, property, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and of course, social media gave me a platform to show that branding, to show that distinctive branding, to show the people, to give a bit more insight, particularly as things like Twitter allowed photographs to be posted. And of course, ultimately videos, Chris, where I'm sure we'll get on to the topic of where do I think things are going, or perhaps more importantly, where you think things are going. Uh, and I'm yeah. sure we'll talk about video. So it just gave me the opportunity to get the brand out there. And I mean, even you making that joke about, uh, a good joke though, Chris, about, oh, that was you, Chris, with your tie on on the telly. That's because you know my our branding. Absolutely, and I, I love the tie. I, I think I've even tried to steal one of the ties. I think it was you and back in back in the day at one of the networking events in, in Bingley. Um, so yeah, absolutely. That's I suppose from our perspective as a marketing agency in the social media world, this is what we do. So it's really good to see a company embracing it as a tool, and certainly a professional service who are doing all B two B as well as the B two C side of things. Well. Who are, yeah. <laughs> Don't forget that there's a fear factor, isn't there? I mean, I mean, the, the reason why we, we had this sort of march on other firms for a long time, which ultimately they caught up, understandably, is fear, isn't it? It's the fear of somebody posting something on Twitter that you can't control, and it's offensive, uh, discriminatory, misogynist, racist, homophobic, you know, and all hell breaks loose and your reputation is destroyed. But that then takes you back to, well, who's using it? So the truth is, the way we operated was... We had a very, very small team to start with. It was me. And then we had a slight, you know, then we doubled in size to me and Assad. Uh, and, you know, ultimately we ended up with a team of about 15. And that team's probably down to about six now, actually. And we just have some basic rules that you don't post anything inflammatory. You know, you don't, you don't need to make political uh, comments. But what you do need to post is, is meaningful uh, and hopefully helpful or interesting. Uh, the truth is now that uh, a video will get tenfold uh, views than than a, you know just a written post with a nice photograph. So, um, but you know the, the basic rules are quite simple. I think it was the fear factor that that slowed everybody down. 
But ultimately, I'm sure a lot of firms looked at us and thought, well, I'm not being funny. If Chris and his team can do it, surely we can. And had a go at it, which is great. That's competition, that's life, isn't it? Absolutely. Trendsetting, I like to call it. Early, early, no, you, early said, you said that, not me. But Yeah, trendsetting. No, you, you guys have done a spot on go from our perspective, outside looking in. Obviously, it's easier to say what you're doing on the day-to-day, but to get that almost outsider's perspective on what you're doing, I, I personally really enjoyed your journey from Periscope, from Twitter. I like the way you use Instagram as well um, to really demonstrate culture, company culture within the business. Um, and I know you guys are really proactive, and I think you've got, I don't know if you still use it, your key hashtag, best staff in Leeds. Right? Yeah. Is, that still, is that still a thing? Yeah, you're yeah still using it. Yeah. I've, just, I've just been speaking to one of the best staff in Leeds. He's uh, Richard, uh, was involved in a road traffic accident. He's been in hospital for six weeks, and we just spoke for the first time. So, uh, uh, and and I and I'm not saying it's social media, but we use the podcast recording equipment to get this all the staff to record messages of you know best wishes to him. So, uh, so that was great. So we sent that up to him yesterday, so he could listen to it in hospital. It's great. Yeah, well, that, that emphasises exactly what you just mentioned there about the meaningful content and the, the purpose of social media is to, to, to connect and to, to share actual meaningful messages like like to Richard there, you just mentioned that those heartfelt messages. I think that's where, where social media is. It's, it is that communication tool, that instant, and it's that ability to connect with potential customers and, and in this case, people who were staff maybe moved on or also hit some hard times. Um yeah, I suppose you've mentioned a bit about the competitors. Have you used social media to check out your competitors? What I mean, have you used that as an inspirational source? I mean, have you seen the good, the bad, the ugly? What's yeah? I, I, listen, yeah, I think I think it, it's it's great. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, there's days of the week when you think, oh, I wish certain competitors would disappear off the face of the earth in the nicest possible way. The truth is, we all keep each other on our toes. Uh, and I think we have a pretty friendly, uh, competitive uh, environment we've created in Leeds. Um, and but but yeah, of course I do. I have a little look every now and again at other firms' uh, websites to see what that even what the website says to begin with. You know how they're defining their services compared to how we define them. But also looking at the Twitter output, I'm always always interested. What you know if you can see, you know how how often things have got retweeted. Shared, you know, likes. So let's be honest, Chris. A like is all right. Isn't it? It's all right, but it's a retweet you want, really. If we're being honest, you know, yeah. likes a bit safe, isn't it? You know, if somebody clicks yeah. a like, it's a bit safe. Only the, you know, if I post something you like it, I know that you've liked yeah. it. But you haven't told all your mates what I've done. Whereas if you retweet it, then I love you to death, don't I? And Absolutely. if I retweet to my eight thousand followers, whatever you love me, don't you? So, you know, I think there's a bit of psychology on loving each other over retweeting, which has been lost in recent years, a little bit, actually. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you see a lot of messages saying, please retweet this. You know, if it's for charity things, you know, lots of people, you know, still do sort of. But, uh, you know, if you, if you put a useful uh, message out about there's a link to a blog, um, you know, to deal with the furlough scheme or something, you know, and you say, please retweet, you don't get as many of those these days. No. But, yeah. Yeah. That is, it's a, it's a shame really because when you're sharing, you're actually helping other people and I think that's that's a really useful part of using social media properly is engage, not only engaging with the audience and talking with them and providing content that's valuable for them, but supporting them. You know, perhaps they've got 
a piece of charity work you want to share and, and support that what they're doing in their business. Um, sure. And I think you're hitting the nail on the head. I call them vanity stats, the likes and the hey, the thumbs up, great. But as a business owner, I'm sat here thinking, well, what's my return on investment? Chris Allen's done this for the last 12, 7, 12 years on social. He's had anywhere between 6 and 15 staff, and I'm sure you have the same thoughts. How do I know? How do I measure success? Might be a, a, a topic there we could, could delve into a little bit. Well, I suppose I set the bar low. I wasn't... Ex- I wasn't uh... It's like any marketing, actually. It's just like the PR, a bit like uh, networking lunches, uh, breakfast networking. You can track certain things that come in from that. Friends of friends, people tell you they, oh, I, you know, I met you at that dinner. Can you help me out with this conveyance or this commercial property, etc.? But actually, some of the, the the Twitter feedback has been along the lines of, I see you guys everywhere. You know, I see you everywhere. Oh, it's blacks. Oh, my God, they're everywhere. That brand, you know, bang, bang. Well, that's music to my ears, isn't it? It doesn't necessarily mean we're going to get instructed. But I did once see a chap uh, give a very good speech. Uh, Well, actually, the speech wasn't that great, but the end was great. And he drew this diagram at the very end where he showed the various stages that ultimately end with you getting instructed on a large piece of work. And And he went from the end to the beginning. And the very first box, when he finally got to it, just had an A in it. And he said, A is for awareness. People have to be aware of you to get, you know, to get your name in the hat. And if they don't know who you are, then how are you going to get that word? And and I suppose when I heard him give that speech, it'll be a few years ago, I did think to myself, well, if he's right, then I'm glad we've raised our profile. Doesn't mean the job's done though, Chris. You know, you can go on and on and on. I could spend, I could book posters everywhere. I could do all sorts of things, couldn't I? But, you know, but social, however you view it, social media has been free in terms of I don't get charged 15 pence a go, you know, but it is my time. And and one of the questions I have to get is, oh, oh, you must spend all day on it, you idiot. And I say, I reckon I spend five minutes a day on that, you know. Yeah, so it doesn't have to be a lot of time, but it can be productive time well spent. Absolutely. But I also accept, Chris, that if I only if I'm if I'm now 12 years in only spending five minutes a day on social media, perhaps lots of other business people are only spending five minutes on social media. So my chance of getting on getting their attention has probably diminished a bit from where it used to be four years ago. Yeah, maybe you need to, uh, to yeah. ten, ten, 10 minutes. Yeah, but if, <laughs> but if you but if you if you can't take that risk, then just get off it and don't bother. Yeah, absolutely. But it, but it isn't going to go away. Yeah, I love that concept you were talking there about being seen everywhere and mentioned and you're doing all sorts of marketing. Just the word I wrote down yeah, yeah, on the presence. Yeah, but don't forget behind the scenes, you can have the greatest Twitter and other social media presence, use every platform under the sun. But if ultimately the service you deliver is rubbish, then you might as well not bother. So behind the scenes, of course, there's tenfold amounts of effort goes into service delivery, attention to detail, callback promise, bang, 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 because we are a service industry. So you can't just, I suppose, I think everybody knows this, you can't just do a bit of marketing and think that that's good enough. You know, behind the scenes, you've got to be delivering. You've got to be delivering. Yeah, absolutely, because that, that can tip over quite into a negative spiral if you if you then do, you know, you look good, your branding's on point, you've got, you know, everyone's really seen you everywhere, the omnipresence kicking in. 
And then people are right, okay, we're going to instruct blacks. We're going to work with these guys. We're going to get some employment. We're going to work with Chris and sort these contracts out, whatever it is. Um, and then Chris does a crap job. But then how easy is it for them to take to this very social media platform to leave you that negative review? Yeah, and you see a lot of that, don't you? You see it on all things now. People are in, We're in a world where people give feedback. The challenge, actually, from the legal industry is that, I suppose, if you look at any complaints on any lawyer's sort of social media feedback, generally, the most complaints are about residential conveyancing. Because for the man or woman in the street, it's the biggest thing in their lives, biggest transaction, very stressful. If it goes well, brilliant. If it goes badly, people's emotions are running high. So... You know, we're, we're not immune from that. We've had, interestingly, some of the complaints we've had over the years haven't actually come from our clients. They've come from people up the chain or down the chain saying, you know, blacks are rubbish. Uh, when you look into it, of course, they say blacks are rubbish. They've slowed up this transaction because when you look into it, A, we don't act for them and B, our client told us to slow the process down. So, but you can't say that. You can't go on and say, well, that's because my client told me to. So you just got to take it on the chin. As well as the point I'm making, Chris, is we've adopted an approach where we know we get lots and lots of positive feedback from clients. Yeah, and very, very occasionally a negative one. I am accepting of the fact that we would like all our positive feedback to go on social media. And we accept that there will be the occasional. We don't like it, but every now and again, there'll be an occasional bad one. And I think the truth is, that we're all reaching a point where when you look at reviews, if you see there's 35 positive reviews for a kettle and there's one saying it's rubbish, I think you're still very likely to go for the kettle. Um, if it's 50-50, hey, you're probably not going to. So that's, that's the world we're in. That's the game we're in. doesn't mean you manufacture fake reviews. There will be a small percentage of people who do that. But what it means is you need to be a bit cannier getting your existing clients to to give you positive feedback. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just just had a quick look at your your reviews online. Are looking good, Chris. Um, 350 Google reviews, absolutely fantastic, and yeah. a really good score. And and I think the point there to mention is you don't want five star review because if you've got five star and 350, that that raise alarm bells to me instantly. Well, are they fake? They can't be perfect. Nobody's perfect. Everyone's had, everyone's messed up at some point in their yeah. career or somebody's made a boo-boo. A boo um, so I think there's actually some, yeah. some data well, to back that up somewhere. It, it, it's quite funny. On the, I, I started doing it, as you know, probably nobody else will. I started doing a podcast series a couple of years ago, and I don't know, let's say we, we've recorded 26 podcasts with different sports people and business people. So it's not really legal. There's a couple of legal ones about furlough from back, you know, a year ago. But generally, it's just saying. And the reviews on that, there aren't millions, but the vast majority are really positive. But there's a couple who obviously can't stand them and have just put rubbish, you know. And obviously, I'd be lying to you if I didn't look at that and think, well, if I could, who are these idiots? But yeah. it's probably my competitors, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's hard, isn't it? Because you... You, you can't was it you can please some of the people some of the time you can't please all the people all the time yeah yeah, yeah. and i accept that's fine you know it's uh but uh, it, it's um yeah you know that's the way of the world you put yourself out there and record podcasts you gotta accept it don't you yeah absolutely i suppose that kind of dovetails what was where i was thinking there with like the conversation was you talked about the awareness so i think you 
started to, to build out that ADA model. So the awareness, you've got to get your brand out there. You've got to do that marketing. You've got to go and get the likes, the impressions, the shares, get people to see the brand. Great. Then you've got to get them interested in your product or service. That's the interest stage. Then you've got to make them want it. You know, I want to come and work with Blacks as opposed to, I can't think of a big one, Evershed's or someone, um, go work with another, another company. Why do I want to come and work with you? And then you've got the take that action, you know, making that, that fallback call, four-hour callback promise you guys, delivering on that to then get the piece of business. So you can track everything is what I was kind of getting up there. Um, yeah, and you re- the, the point about recruitment is quite important, actually, because, uh, again, there's lots and lots of law firms uh, in the region, you know, let alone Leeds. In the whole of Yorkshire, there's absolutely loads. Um, you know, it does help, doesn't it? You know, uh, people who are looking for jobs at, at Blacks at the young end of the sort of the, of the inexperienced end are either... 18-year-olds looking for apprenticeships or 22-year-olds looking for training contracts, well, they will all look at our social media output. And, you know, you you need that to be interesting and and attractive, I suppose. But similarly then, of course, when these these people come to the office, be it it work experience, like my friend here, Abby, is, you, you, you know, the reality needs to match that, 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 that image that you're putting out there. There's no good having something that makes it look like we're in Wolf of Wall Street. And then when you walk in the office, it's like, you know, I don't know, prison of, prison of cell H or whatever. You know, it's, uh, you've got, you've got to, it's got to match up. Yeah, so it's all about brand consistency. So what I see as a potential customer or a member of staff or competitor, what I see is what I, what I get. It does what it says on the tin, I think it used to be called. Yeah. yeah. Ron, Ron Seal, I think it was back in the day. Um, yeah, so I suppose... Where we where going with this one? So, recruitment. I suppose Instagram. Let's, let's, let's talk about Instagram. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, it's a great tool, okay. very visual. So, Instagram, very visual, really popular now. Um, I found it harder to get followers on that than I did on Twitter. Twitter was quite easy. If I followed a thousand people, 500 would follow me back. That seemed to be the rate of return. And then you need to belt through the other 500 and bin them off. But, uh, without being too brutal about it. Instagram, not as easy to build up a follow. It's not, not as easy for me as a business to, to um, build up followers on that. So probably one-tenth of the number of followers I have on Twitter, I've got on Instagram. But I personally used it as a slightly more relaxed image, so a bit more about the elder, you know, yes, about some of the stuff about Blacks, about new recruits, what we're doing, causes we're supporting, new appointments, some videos, et cetera, but also a bit more about the football team I manage, uh, you know, other sports teams that we support, et cetera, et cetera. So just slightly more relaxed without without taking the camera into the house and, you know, meeting all the family. Yeah. I think that's a great approach because you're demonstrating the culture and the fact that, going right back to the beginning, we said about breaking down the perceptions of the typical solicitor or law firm and showing that you're more than just a legal, you know, dot the I, cross the T, you know, we'll, we'll make sure everything's in order. You are more than that, which see, doing the, the charity work, the football stuff you do is great. And I suppose what I'm getting at there is it, it's helping you to future-proof business for Blacks because you've got to be there. You've got, you've got, I think you call them the young guns. We've been coming through your next set of solicitors and, and members of staff coming through. They are turning to social media. And the fact that you're embracing Instagram, maybe throwing TikTok as well, but we'll, 
I suppose we'll go on to the future. Yeah, so, I haven't quite <laughs> gone with TikTok. Yeah, have a chat with Abby about that one. That'd no, I'm excited. Nice. To, to, to be fair, if you're talking about news stuff, I'm, although it's been around, I'm sure you'll say it for ages, the use of Loom for sending video links to people yeah. is something I am uh, working on today, actually. Yeah. Uh, you know, in my capacity as chairman of Adam Lies test, uh, Testimonial Committee, I'm trying to encourage people to take tickets or seats at a dinner in, on the 18th of November. Uh, and so I've recorded a video that kind of gently says that, and that's going to go out to a lot of the business community in Leeds uh, later today. Absolutely. And I think that's that's great use of you adopting tech as well as the social element to be able to connect, which is the whole point of, of these tools and apps and social is to be able to connect and engage. Um yeah, Loom's a great little tool. I love, love Loom. Um, I'm glad more people are starting to use it now. Um, I think the, the technology's finally caught up and the, I suppose the shift, I didn't really want to talk about COVID, but the COVID itself, is. how do you think that's helped or changed or shifted people's use of digital and social over the last 18 months? Uh, what do I think? I think? I think the whole 18 months has led to um, process automation has vastly improved. Uh, I'm not convinced true innovation has improved uh, or accelerated. I, I think it depends what your definition of innovation is. But certainly using tech, Zoom, uh, Teams, um, you know, et cetera. Yeah, of course, you know, accelerated massive. You know, the truth is, uh, was, I, was I using Zoom or Teams to any extent prior to the 1st of March 2020, no, I wasn't. Was I by the 15th of April? Yep. Yeah, <laughs> every, every second of the day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's interesting now because I would say other than one call today on Zoom, I haven't used Zoom as much in the last two months. Clients mm -hmm. seem to be drifting back to telephone calls, conference calls, old-fashioned conference calls. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, interesting. We'll see how... We'll just see how. I mean, we're all still finding our feet again. I think so. We'll see. We'll see where we are. We should have this conversation again in January and see where we are. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be interesting to see where it shifts. So I think the good thing is, at least with the likes of Loom and Zoom and Teams and all this, that we've got the choice. Probably yeah. positive out of all this. You can, you can, you can communicate with whoever you need to communicate on their terms. So if it's a phone call, if it's face to face, as things have opened up, if it's on Zoom, if it's on Loom, if it's in email. Um, if it's even a letter, dare I say, a letter in the post, that, that's an interesting tactic. Um, I think that that choice and the ability to 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 communicate how they want to be communicated with, they being customers, staff, or whoever you're talking with, or in your case, trying to get people drummed up to the um, the Adam Life dinner next month. Um, I think that's that that is a benefit really to come out of the whole pandemic, I suppose. Yeah, sure. Um, loom. Recruitment automation, omnipresence. What else have we got left to cover? What about the future? Let's talk about the future. The future for me is video. Um, obviously, it kills me to tell the rest of the legal community this. Uh, it, is, it is video. I mean, if you look at the websites of loads of businesses, there's, there's, there's some businesses that are still, you know, the websites look good, like ours. It looks good. It's got, got photographs on. It's got links to blogs. It's got things like that. But it hasn't got enough video on. And I think when people are picking people and picking, you know, a big decision about who they're going to use, I think it needs, you know, a little thumbnail of, you know, 
which social media company do you want to use? Click on Chris Morris. No, they like him. Click on Rachel. Yeah, great. We'll go with Rachel. You know, I think people... What is that works. About, you know, you make your mind up when you meet somebody, if you like them within 10 seconds, you know, what is it, seven seconds or something, okay. you know. So, so I think video, you know, and Twitter's shown that and Instagram is definitely showing it, um, that, that people were still drawn to video, were drawn to, um, and, and, and I think your attention will stay just a little bit longer. Don't get me wrong. You've got to have something on there that catches the eye. Yeah. Absolutely, you know. that taps into the kind of disruptive marketing. Imagine you're on your, you're on your feed, everything's much of a muchness, there's loads of words, great. There's an image that's static, great, but you kind of glance over. As soon as something moves, you instantly, as a human being, you, you, you're drawn to that movement. Um, like you probably just followed my hand there, moving off to the side. Yeah, yeah. Got, I think that's that. And you, can, and you can use whatever you want to use to catch the attention. You know, a friend of mine just bought a new dog. It's a crossbreed between a Great Dane and some other huge animal. And I honestly toyed with the idea of getting this large dog, Beatrice, whose head is as big as my head, to just sit next to me whilst I did, you know, and obviously not do anything. But, you know, it seems to me that you can, you know, I've seen people with thousands and thousands and thousands of followers, and all they seem to do is have an animal with them. You know, what they're actually saying isn't that interesting. So, you know, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm mulling that over. Yeah, likes Beatrice. You can have the office dog. Well, uh, yeah, I know that's right. Beatrice is one of those kind of crazy bluey grey dogs. I need her on brand, really. So she needs a spray job. You could get, yeah, you so, could get her a little tight. Big tie. yellow great Dane. Yeah. So anyway, we'll see. But yeah, I think the future, honestly, um, Chief Executive Twitter won't last. I think that's probably had its finest, you know, its best days. Um, but I think video is everything. Yeah. And I think we will be training uh, our staff more and more in the future to get better and better at doing short videos. Yeah. Flying balloon, for example, that's a great. I can I can see that really being used. So imagine you've a piece of contract for a piece of work, doing some new contracts for a customer or a client. And instead of doing the face-to-face, you might send a little loom video. Make sure you tick here, tick here, have Grace to introduce yourself, send a little video. All right, I know what I need to do. So it's educating them in a slightly different way, which yeah. means you don't have to travel around and meet the client and they don't get a big bill for your travel time and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't, you'll never be face-to-face, don't get me wrong. Face-to-face contact is number one. But, you know, in terms of attracting, uh, communicating, uh, you know, I think you can get a good message across in a very short video. Yeah. Absolutely. Video is the future. Absolutely. Stories, video, capturing people's attention. Um, one of the projects I think I mentioned to you yesterday was where we're looking at a media suite, investing heavily in a media suite, literally where I'm sat now, to actually have the, the webinar, the podcast, the video studio, the green screen, the sound booth in the kit, so we can do things like this podcast, get people in and offer something a little bit different that competitors mm-hmm. aren't necessarily doing. And part of that will be a massive push on things like TikTok videos, short little reels videos. Um, obviously, the, the, the innovation and creativity will be out. The challenge, I suppose, will be how the hell do we do that for a B2B client? Yeah. How do we do that for a solicitor? That's, that'll be a challenge. Yeah, sure. yeah, um, yeah. It's a product. I can see it. I can, it's easy. Um, but, yeah, I think that'll, that'll be interesting to see where the future, future goes with video. Um, certainly as the tech's catching up and we can do lots of creative, wonderful things. Um, 
Yeah. Um, what else have we got on this list? I think we've covered. Is there any any kind of closing things from you, Chris? I know. No, I mean, I used to, uh, I had a lovely run years ago of doing, I did, I've done more speeches over the years, Chris, on how to use Twitter than, than I've ever done on how to be, you know, on law. And I used to wrap up every speech with the same thing where I used to say, if, if you get into this in the next 12 months, you'll still be miles ahead of your competitors. Mm. I'm not sure that is true now, if you haven't got into social media at all, but it's still never too late. And I think... You know, um, you mustn't be too afraid of it. And I think, I think you know, uh, if, you, if, you, if you're going to be afraid of it, then you're really giving your opponent and your competitors free reign to get them to get the march on you. Well, there's no way on this planet I'm doing that. So, <laughs> you know, so I would say, yeah, it, it's, it's been a useful tool. It, it's not... Free, free in the true sense, the amount of time you, that gets invested. Um, but it's helped. It's helped on recruitment. It's helped with clients. It's helped raise the profile. Uh, and overall, it's been good. Yes, of course, like all things, um, you know, certain people in the, in the world misuse it in the same way the internet has been used and misused. Uh, overall, it's still a plus. Uh, and I think... Uh, you know, uh, again, Chris, obviously, I'd, anybody who needs to know how to use social media, they should really ring you. But if they want to ring me for, for, to have a little chat like this, there's no problem. Yeah, but, absolutely. So you've been such a great ambassador for using social media to really, to you to use it for business, particularly business to business. has always been a, an ongoing question I've had over the years. How do you use it from business to business? Well, I always sign up, so I look at Blacks, look what they're doing on Insta, look what they're doing on Twitter. These guys are really showing you what can be done um, in the B2B world. Yeah, and I've, I've had a bit of leg pulling over the years. You know, people in restaurants or walking down the street say, oh, you know, oh, you know, you must waste all your time on that. Yeah, you know, they're, they're entitled to that opinion. Some of it's jealousy. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've. Um, do I think that that's helped us win, you know, contribute to us winning awards at the Yorkshire Legal Awards? Yep. Sure do. <laughs> so yeah, it's fine. When I'm when I'm on the stage collecting the prize, I'm not stressing about the social media, but I'm thinking yeah. about what I'm going to be posting on it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's a great tool when you properly. I think it's probably a yeah. quick summary there. So yeah, no, it was just to wrap up. So thank thank you very much for giving up your time to to help us this afternoon and for coming and talk with us about how you use social. Um, I suppose for me, really, if you want to learn more, meet meet Chris, connect with him on LinkedIn, Chris Allen. They're on Twitter at Law Blacks. And if you obviously like the sound of what Chris is saying, is on Spotify and if you want to win Chris Allen, maybe if you're interested. Oh, yes, the, the, the podcast, yeah. The, uh, Chris Allen One to One podcast available on iTunes and Spotify. I'm so, iTunes. Uh, yeah, so, so the guests are just on that guest site uh, local sports people, Brian Dean, John Hendry, uh, Martin Atkinson, the Premier League referee. But then you've got restaurant owners like John Damone. Andrew Firth, the wine merchant, uh, Wally Junta, the opera singer from Opera North. Uh, so there's a real mix of uh, stuff on there. So, yeah, I'll have a listen to what you think. But if you don't like it, don't bother putting a one-star review up. <laughs> of blacks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. brilliant. Thank okay. you very much. I'll, um, You're welcome. I'll...